What's happening, weirdos? <laughs> okay. That was take two when I gave Val a hard time for being low energy, so she really she really popped it. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for listening. This one's great. I'm excited. Come see us live at Largo on November 22nd, my brother's birthday. Yes. Uh, so come to dinner with me and my brother before that show. <laughs> um, and on December 14th is my next Living at Largo show, which is my stand-up show. On the 22nd, Amy Mann, Moshe Kasher, Val. It's going to be hot. And there'll be parts that um, don't air on the podcast that we'll be doing there, like some stand-up and maybe uh, music and stuff. It's going to be great. So please come check it out, largo-la.com, if you're going to be here in the Los Angeles area. And as always, if you like this show, please show your support by trying one of the Pete's Picks. We only do ads for things that we actually use and actually love like Ned CBD. CBD, I've called it for many years, my happy juice. It is a wonderful plant ally to help me with stress, sleep, pain, even anxiety or inflammation. It's a wonderful mood elevator. It doesn't get me stoned. It doesn't take me out of the game. You can read on it. You can work on it. You can focus on it. But it just gives you a little bit of a smile behind your face. Even if you're not smiling, you feel just a little bit of a of a lift from this wonderful plant. And Ned makes incredible CBD. All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Paonia, I always say it wrong, Colorado. If you have a minute, do an image search for Paonia, Colorado and look up how dope this is. These guys are serious about their full-spectrum hemp oil. Uh, These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. They're chock-full of premium CBD and full spectrum of active cannabinoids. I always say that wrong. Cannabinoids. Cannabinoids. Oh, really? Cannabinoids. I always said cannabinoids. Cannabinoids. Uh, Well, help me with these. Terpenes, flavonoids, and trichomes. 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 Trichomes? Trichomes. Look, a lot of good stuff, sciencey stuff, CBD stuff. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system <laughs> to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. I want to talk about Ned's new brand product, which has been in development for over a year, which is the De Stress Blend. This is a one for one formula of CBD and CBG, which is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp and features a botanical infusion of ashwagandha, cardamom, and cinnamon. CBG, known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. So this is a wonderful, mellowing, de-stressing cannabinoid. Cannabinoid? Cannabinoid is what I always said that I... Cannabinoid. Yeah. Cannabinoid. Ashwagandha, which is an amazing adaptogen. It's an Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. I know there's so many words in here. Like a, this is like an obstacle course for the I tongue. I know. A cardamom and even cardamom. Cardamom and, and cinnamon, cinnamon are delicious and they, they give a great taste of the de-stress blend and the botanical infusion uh, is a powerful prebiotic that supports gut health and is a key player in mental health and cardamom can bat stress by helping reduce 
reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Mm-hmm. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process right there on the site, so full transparency. And their CBD products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field, like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. So try it. I love it. I got the de-stress blend in the in the cupboard currently. I take it usually when I get home from work. Helps me ease into my evening, and I love it. If you want to try the G-Stress blend from Ned, a brand that we love and trust, they, we have a special offer for weirdos. Every $40 qualifies for 15% off and a free de-stress blend sample. And it's a generous sample. I love it. It's a good dose. It's a good couple doses. Go to helloned.com slash weird or enter weird, baby. Sorry, I blew it. Go to helloned.com slash <laughs> weird or enter weird at checkout to take advantage of this offer. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash weird to get 15% off <laughs> plus a free de-stress blend sample sample on any order over 40 bucks thank you ned for sponsoring the program and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues second but not least (laughs) i have been loving giving brody sunday's dog food it is incredible he runs for it he loves he loves it he he gallops for it Mm -hmm. he doesn't usually finish his dog food because he apparently he didn't like it as much his tail wags so much it creates a breeze when he eats it he licks its chops it's like we're living inside of a dog commercial Mm -hmm. dog food commercial We've seen a noticeable difference in his energy since switching over to Sundays. And just to get it out of the way up top, Sundays delivers this human-grade, air-dried dog food. Basically, it almost looks like a Cheerios box. It's, yeah. uh, it kind of looks handsome in the in the pantry. It doesn't look like normal dog food. It's air-dried, and dogs prefer the taste of Sundays 20 to 0. Mm. I didn't even know that would happen. That means every tw- all, out of 20, yeah. they all went to Sundays. And if you're like me, you know I have a complicated relationship with Brody, but we love him. He's part of our family. And, and if you want to treat him like family, why are we feeding him burnt kibble? Why not feed them food that actually tastes good for them, uh, good to them and is super healthy for them? So Meat Sunday is the first and only, that's right, only, human-grade, air-dried dog food, combining the nutrition and taste of all natural human-grade food with, an, with the ease of zero prep, which I love, ready-to-eat formula. Sundays is the best way to feed your best friend. Sundays is easier for dog parents to manage than refrigerated human-grade dog food brands, which we can attest to. We used mm-hmm. to have some of those. It would be our entire fridge, and it would go through it so fast. It's like there wasn't any room for our food. With this, with Sundays, there's no fridge, no prep, and no cleanup. And unlike most human-grade dog food, Sundays is gently air-dried and ready-to-eat versus the other brands that are cooked and frozen and need to thaw. It's as simple as scoop, serve, and watch your pup devour it. In a blind taste test, like I said, they outperform leading competitors 40 to 1. No artificial binders, synthetic additives, or general garbage. Seriously, look at the label. All of Sunday's ingredients are easy to pronounce, except for quinoa, and healthy uh, and healthy for dogs to eat. Simply said, Sunday's makes it easier for me to be an awesome dog parent. We are absolutely subscribed. He hates when we run out, so we had to subscribe. And we worked out a special deal for our listeners. Receive 35% off your first order. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash weird or use code weird at checkout. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com 
forward slash weird switch to Sundays and feel good about what you are feeding your dog. Last but not least, I can't even see it's dark in here. What would you call that? Uh, It looks like sprinkles, like ice cream sprinkles. Kind of, yeah. It's like a nice maroon or a nice fuchsia color with like a pattern. And these are the new cut. MeUndies redid their, it was already great, but they redid it and I love it even more. And the holidays are upon us and it's time to really lean in. We're talking hugs. We're talking secret family recipes. We're talking about seeing the looks on your loved ones' faces as they unwrap their matching PJ sets at the same time. (laughs) This year, MeUndies wants to bring you comfort, bring you, What? Wants to help you bring comfort home Thank for you. the holidays. This year, MeUndies <laughs> wants to help you bring comfort home for the holidays. This is your sign to surround your family and friends <laughs> with comfort. While you're at it, why not get a little something for yourself, too? Val and I, 100% real. Like I said, we don't do ads for things we don't love. I'm wearing them now. Did a top to tails reboot, re- refresh of our entire underwear stash, and we have not looked back especially now that it's getting cold i'm throwing on my me undies onesies at night i'm sleeping in the loungewear which i love to use as pjs and with the classic plaid and holiday sweater prints me undies is turning up the comfort this holiday season their undies loungewear and sleepwear are made of the most soft breathable stretchy fabrics that are ideal for getting cozy by the fire with a cup of hot cocoa uh, mm, yes, make your whole fam <laughs> smile. I turned into Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Ooh, uh, yes, yes, make uh, the whole the fam cocoa. smile uh, while matching PJ sets or spoil your partner with a mm, plush robe and slippers. Ooh. Whatever you decide, everyone will be rolling in the new year comfier than ever before. Available in sizes XL, extra small through 4XL. I actually wear 3XL because I, I don't like them too tight. Me on these has a little something for everyone on your list. Looking for more inspiration? Check out their holiday gift guide for for all things cozy and comfy. And MeUndies has a great offer for the weirdos. For any first-time purchase, you get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. Your days of fighting for your life in the mall parking lot are over. To get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash weird. That's MeUndies.com slash weird. And show your support of this podcast. All right, everybody, enjoy We Made It Weird, number 62. It's a hoot. Get into it. I was thinking about the outline of our episodes. It's like riff dump. Riff dump. Catch up. Like chat. Yeah. Catch up chat. Catch, catch chat. Uh huh. And then deep, deep thing. I think. Not that we need a structure. I would say this is how I would outline. You are winded. I'm winded because I ran around the house because you started. Sorry, girl. And I ran around the house trying to find my Apollo, which I can't find at all. Apollo Neuro.com slash And like, this is the longest I've ever been apart from it since discovering it. <clears throat> I will say, this is not an ad for Apollo. I'm shooting the show. I just like having an app hooked up to a thing that I wear. My whole life, when I was a kid, I was like, it was one of the first bits I wrote that wasn't a bit. It was like... We have sleeping pills to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. We have coffee to wake up. How soon before we just install an on-off button on the human body? Mm-hmm. Because that's basically what it is. The sleep mm-hmm. is off. Coffee's on. And the Apollo, and it, this is, again, this is not an ad. We're just, <laughs> we're just talking. Is I li- It's like having a circuit breaker on your body. And you go, I would like to feel calm and focused. And you push it. 
and it actually helps you feel that way. I know. And, and it's pretty, you know what? Uh, pretty cool. I wonder And if, if you're going to be in our cult, you're going to wear one. We're starting <laughs> it's a cult. Required. It's going to be, it's going to be, uh, gonna be at the beach. It's going to be. Um, <laughs> I also wonder how much of it, and I'd love to talk to Dr. Rabin. Is that his name? Yeah. Hard A. Um, about it. But I can never too, remember what hard A means. I wonder what if, like, there's part of it is kind of the intention setting of being like, like, because these words, I think, hold meaning. Oh. You're like, I want to be clear and focused. Oh. And then you're dipping, your brain, like, just naturally kind of dips into what that might feel like. Valerie. And then it's kind of training your brain. This is... Just like gratitude, if you're like, think of something that you're grateful for. Just those words will get you partially there. This is the whole thing. Which, by the way, is This also... is my whole trip. I, I'm not saying it's the whole thing with Apollo. I think, obviously, Apollo has neuroscience and, and research to back it up that it works or whatever. But I think it begins with you setting the intention. Yeah. You and I were just talking about when you try and like play something in your future, not in like a woo-woo way, like I'm going to win the lottery or this, but you can, on your way to your lunch, imagine your friend laughing, mm. imagine feeling good and connected. And it just sort of like primes everything yeah. to have that experience. So I think Apollo works on the placebo level, which is like, I am now going to be energized. And then I absolutely think, because people talk to me about it all the time, and I, I can feel that they're skeptical. And I'm always like, there's studies. You know, <laughs> It's science. It's science. Read about it. Read about it. You ever read about science? But those, it is interesting how words can hold you the know, meaning. Like even just now when you said lunch, I was like, that word, now, more than breakfast, more than dinner. Oh, the word lunch, because it rhymes with munch, oh. is like... And breakfast has um, the word fast in it. You're um, fasting. <laughs> yeah, ounch. I want to ounch on some burgers. It's onomatopoetic. Yeah. Lunch. Lunch. Let's go eat some lunch. Lunch. Dinner like sounds like you're passing on dinner. You want some dinner? Dinner. Because yeah. it sounds like thinner. Yeah. Lunch. I'd rather pass on dinner to get some... To get thinner. thinner. I couldn't do it. Pass on dinner to get thinner. No? How about munch on lunch to get a big bunch in your crunch? <laughs> I love lunch, and I, I don't lunch. eat lunch. Yeah, I know. It's, a bo- um, it's, a, it's, it's annoying. I basically eat lunch for breakfast. I have a lunch food for breakfast often. Yeah. yeah. That would a snooze. Snooze. What were we saying? I was going to say, going back, I feel like the outline or the structure for this podcast is if you start before we hit record... I don't know if you always ha- if you have this moment, but we have kind of related over it. The seconds before we hit record, it's going to be like, "What are we talking about? What are we going to talk about?" And then we start. You usually do some sort of musical, <laughs> something music open with music, and then um, the catch up is more of just like a manic sort of dump. Oh, but you did say that you riff said the dump. riff dump. Riff so dump. you're really kind of doing that on your own. And then, well, you're offering color commentary. There's like a full cricket game happening. And I'm every, I'm pitching googlies. I'm swinging the whack bat. These are the official names. The, yeah, I, I'm cracking in the in the outfield and I'm smacking in the bangers and the mash. I know cricket. And I, you do your commentary. Like you're the, you're the shit. Like I'm, I'm lighting the fireworks, but you're in the booth going like, uh, he appears to be getting sad now. <laughs> Uh, I think he's thinking about his family and he's concerned. 
And it's very fun. It's both. It's both and. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, what's the difference between cricket and polo? And are they even similar? No. They're not? No. I mean, I here's what's similar. I think the class of people that might play them. Mm. Both of them seem to be played in your Sunday whites. Okay. Cricket is not on a horse. But polo is. I would have paused as long as you let it. I after you said cricket is not on a horse, I Let wasn't going to speak. I want a second chance. No, okay, go ahead. Okay, ready? Oh, okay, cricket is not on a horse. That is great. <laughs> that is great. I am not one to know much about the round ball and the bats and the and the, the sticks and the balls and everyone standing and cheering at the same and or going ah yeah. look I get it I love I love sports movies we've talked about this a million but this is a nice moment for me because I know what cricket is okay and it's not on a horse <laughs> the sports on a horse are horse racing. <laughs> This is like, this is the first bit every stand-up writes, which is like, horse racing. I don't think the horses know they're in a sport. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're just running because they're getting kicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, or hunting. That's the classic one. I don't think the deer knows it's playing a game. Like, yeah. is that really a sport? Yeah. Um, but uh, cricket is like baseball. Mm. Cricket is like whack bat in Fantastic Mr. Fox. Okay. It's the same kind of bat. Looks like a paddle. Yeah. And then sounding right. The pitcher does pitch it. You know how softball they go under, but they mm-hmm. keep their arms straight. Uh-huh. Cricket is the same, but they go over. Oh yeah, I've seen that. It looks ridiculous. It does. Well, that's culturally insensitive. Is it canceled? No. By the Brits. I'm just as hard. Canceled on- <laughs> by the Brits. I'm way harder even on American sports. No, no. It was 100% JK. There's zero chance of you being uh, canceled, canceled for that. Canceled by the Brits. Canceled. Some of my favorite people are the Brits. I just got... I'm watching Downton Abbey. Again. I wish I could find... I did it with Brett. Brett Goldstein. I was like, I still thoroughly believe... I, I know some people that are British and they moved here and everyone's so charmed with them. And I'm like, I think this is a basic bitch. I'm sorry. I've said this a million times. Yeah. But I'm like, you're just a John Smith. Yes. You're just a Nigel Whitehouse. Well, that's why that storyline in Love Actually, <laughs> Nigel Whitehouse. I went to school with a Glenn Whitehouse who was British. Oh, wow. I went to his house once and he said, do you want some tea? And I was like... I'm not thirsty. And he was like, no, it means like little wee sandwiches and stuff. Yeah. I remember it. It was these little buns, like little hard. Nope, this isn't good. Not good. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you getting ready to salivate at a description of British cuisine? Well, they they do master tiny sandwiches well. Do they? Yes. Oh, you're right. I guess if we're in like a fancy hotel or something. But that's that's what they were. Like, they're getting that from the best British food. Like, that's what they're eating on Downton Abbey that I always want, is what I'm Well, saying. a lot has changed since Downton Abbey. And now just your, like, regular ham and egg sort of British folk are probably eating... This is what I ate. I, I don't know what ham and egg British folk are eating, but I ate these, like... They were very... They were almost stale. They looked like little uh, hot dog buns, but little. Mm-hmm. Tiny, tiny. Mm-hmm. And then cut in. So it wasn't pre-sliced. It was, like, cut, kind of flaked. And then some mayonnaise and, like... <laughs> Just like a slice of ham was like put in there. And it was like, 
It was so white. Mm. The British people, a lot of them are the color of ham. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are the color of mayonnaise. And a lot of them are the color of a dry, crusty roll. So all of the the spectrum, including me and Glenn, we looked like the food. We were eating the food. And I remember being like, I usually love food, but this is not... I'm usually really into food, but... But, like, when you said you want a snack, I'm picturing, like, combos, Flamin' Hot Cheetos, Mountain Dew. I love that that is your example of, like, really good cuisine. But we're in high school. Like, I was ready for something extreme, something I might skateboard while I'm eating. Mm -hmm. And his house was very ornate. It was, like, antiques, but, like, British antiques. So Mm -hmm. And, like, puffy and, Mm -hmm. like, a pink couch. Like, it was very strange. Sounds so much like Downton Abbey. I'm really... I'd really like to meet this Glenn. <laughs> I almost Facebook stalked him yesterday, but I'm I'm mm. off the mead, you know. I yeah. didn't I don't want to I didn't want to break my social mead for Glenn. Just to Glenn Whitehouse. <laughs> but his name is Glenn Whitehouse. Glenn Whitehouse. Glenn Whitehouse. <laughs> and the best Glenn Whitehouse memory and me and Ern still laugh about this unfortunately because he had to Glenn was a very confident um, sort of snowman shaped young boy. <laughs> Who wore like <laughs> collared rugby shirts that were like the colors of Christmas, but like maybe a brown stripe in the middle <laughs> and like a crest that sort of looks like the Ferrari crest. But, you know, it's like his football team. Is he, what team you represent? You New Hampshire Amstels. Yeah. Go Amstels. And he had that. And, and they were very form fitting. And as I mentioned, he was three circles. <laughs> the boy was three circles. Oh, my if, God. If you were tracking him, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the stop motion, you'd just look for a smear <laughs> on the ground. Like someone, like a ball was rolling. Basically. Oh, my but God. But I was soft AF, too. So, Glenn, if you hear this, please, all love. All love. <laughs> all love. Look, that guy who's an asshole and then just goes like, all, all love. love. Hey, all, all love. love, bro. It doesn't count. You called him three circles. That called doesn't count. three circles. You made fun of what he wears. You made fun of his house and the weird food that they serve. Well, really, that was, if I was served that now, I would be like, this is tea. This is normal. Like, I wouldn't. But at the time... Everything was weird. Yeah. Right? Anything that wasn't... Anything that wasn't a PB&J was, was going to be weird. So shout out to Mrs. Whitehouse for making a banging fucking <laughs> British tea. So anyway, we had to give these talks. This was in Miss Johnston's social studies class. And I remember my talk. It was a persuasive speech. And my persuasive speech, I remember, was that... She, she it was like it was actually great teaching. Deborah Johnston, I don't know if you remember her. She was great, great teacher, and she did this thing where she was like, "Okay, we have twenty thousand, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars, and I'm only going to give it to one country, and you have to give a persuasive speech to get the money." Ooh. And mine was Venice, Italy. Ever heard of it? <laughs> Romance, tortellini, tortelloni, tortelloni. I really know her. It's like, leave her alone, but then you're like, I really know her. Like, we're very close. <laughs> that is such a stretch. I know, but you got it. Because <laughs> it sort of sounds like, leave her alone. Leave her alone? I really know her. Like, that has never been done. This is a good riff done. Well, that's definitely never been done. No. Yeah. I I mean, that is one of my favorite jokes is like, tortelloni, I hardly know me. 
Oh my God, you're a divine. <laughs> that also doesn't make any sense. Well, that's we're at, we're at a different level, man. We're just at a different fucking level. You mean dude. like from each other? No, I mean you and I have ascended into an ether <laughs> that we unwisely (parentheses question mark) invite other people into because we're like, you know what I like tortelloni. I barely know me, and we're like, like, people need to hear this. Got to no one listening. We just, we're, the tapes are just being heaved into a, a grave and shoveled oh over. God. I mean, we don't ask any questions. After we stop recording, we just forget that this all happened. I love so it. It could just be being heaved into a... That could session. be, you know, cosmically or eternally speaking, this is, this is it. This My experience of this is this. This yeah. is this right now. And yeah. getting off social has really made me enjoy just the doing of it so much more than the collecting of the comments and the and the nasty ones. They go, that tortelloni riff was bullshit. Was baloney. I'm like, why am I listening to this mean person yeah. who doesn't like tortelloni baloney? I know. Okay, hit it. So I was sorry, I was trying to say Venice needs the money. Mm-hmm. And all I remember about my speech was I the word parliament was in my speech. And I didn't really rehearse with anybody, so nobody told me. And I said parliament. P-A-R-L-I-A-M-E-N-T. Yeah. It looks like parliament. Yeah. yeah, it sure does. And Deborah Johnston, bless uh, her heart. Angel. When she, you already know, when she gave me my grade, it said, great pronunciation except for parliament, which is parliament. But she framed it as great because that was the only word I got wrong. Did she say pronunciation or pronunciation? Did I say it wrong? Tortelloni? You, pr- you, you know what tortelloni me? Leave me alone. You pronounced pronunciation. Pronunciation. Pronounce. You pronounced pronunciation wrong, which is funny. That is funny. It's like how speech impediment is one of the hardest things to say with a speech impediment. Speaking of speech, one of my other favorite moments like that that occurred in college like the moment that just happened was in my speech class, like communications 101 or whatever. Mm. Uh, it's like it all culminated to this this big speech that we gave. Or I think we had to give multiple, but it was the first big speech that we were going to have to give at the end of the quarter. And, and they were talking about the presentations that we were going to do and, you know, whatever. And a girl raised her hand and said, and uh, do we know yet when we'll have to pre- presentate? That really gets me. It was, it was very cute. It's very cute. I am not a, f- you know this, I'm not yeah. a fan of stuttering or, or reading badly. Mm-hmm. I was in a reading circle once. This was in that trip. I used to take those theater trips to England, which I know I've poo-pooed on Gordon College a few times over this uh, over the course of this podcast. But one of the things that Norm Jones and Mark Stevick did that was, and um, Skillen, uh, John Skillen, Skillen McGruber. Skillen McGruber. <laughs> no, John Skillen. They did this thing where uh, 14 students would go to London. I did this twice mm-hmm. in Ireland. And you'd watch two plays a day for 14 days. I watched so much theater. That's of course, so it, cool. it changed my life about yeah. acting, about writing, about everything. It was so fun. And one time we were in this weird hotel this is a serendipity because I remember the meal we ate before the reading mm-hmm. was like blood pudding and blood sausage. It was other wow. weird British food where there were varying degrees of people being willing to eat something with the word blood in it. Yeah. Uh, I passed. 
Yeah. Um, I'm pretty no sausage. knowing knowing Petey probably ate the blood sausage because sausage is so good, mm. but pudding is like what does that mean? Yeah, it's really gross. The only thing I like about English breakfasts is, is the half the tomato. No. no, I was gonna say is eating beans. I was gonna say beans deserve a place. Yeah, beans deserve I, a place in the beans. American breakfast. <laughs> Bacon, sausage, toast, eggs. Why is not baked beans there? <laughs> Baked beans is one of those foods where you're like, I fucking love baked beans. Where are they? Where are they at the buffet? Where are only they? Only at barbecues. I know. And you know what is also only at a barbecue? What? Coleslaw. Yeah. Standard. I know. White. Potato coleslaw, salad. Potato salad. These oh. are the these are the foods that make majiz. I know. I truly do think. <laughs> I regret saying that. <laughs> I truly do think my favorite. Well, it kind of goes back to, I think I've said this on the podcast, that my favorite type of food is like buffet at a wedding food yeah like yeah. i want like a bro- broccoli salad with cranberries in it yeah i want a bunch of different salads yeah and like good barbecues will yeah. have multiple different types of salads yeah and baked beans and i don't even care about the meat and we're back to sort of me too uh but we're back to that thing where you're saying the words me saying the word kind leads you to being kind there's like mm-hmm. for real for real and watch Great British Bake Off and try not to eat a cookie. Like, we're the most susceptible people. And listen to us talk about baked beans. This is pretty nuts. I'm going to say at least four people listening to this podcast, <laughs> and I might be two of them, are going to open up a can <laughs> of baked beans after this. Because they're, they're cheap. They're delish. They're, they're so actually, they're, they're not, I think they put a lot of sugar. There's so, so much shig. sugar. And you know what? Yeah. So the health the, market is and sort of And the beans have died long ago. Those beans. The nutrition of those beans is gone. Those beans are ghosts of beans. It's ghosts of it's beans. It's really a like, haunting. It's not a can of a food as much as it's a poltergeist. Yes. <laughs> and then it passes out of you in a wind. <laughs> So that's also kind of ghoulish. <laughs> My God. My <laughs> when did mom, Tom Arnold become the co-host of this I podcast? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> yeah, because if if you eat, you know, black beans or cannellini beans or whatever. Um, you're getting some nutrition. You're just like, this has way more fiber than, a, like, baked beans, like, fall apart. You don't even have to use your teeth. Oh, yeah. Um, my mom made baked beans pretty regularly, actually. It was pretty common in the Cheney household to have like a meat, sort of like like a shake and bake chicken was a big one. Did you guys do shake and bake? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you know about you know about shake and bake? No, I know, but uh, I'm just going to call my mom and <laughs> tell her that you thought she... Ma- no, my mom is such a snob. She wouldn't do any of that stuff. Yeah, but also you just, you totally explained the like contents of your parents refrigerator currently so like there's, yeah she's I, a snob but she's not a she, super snob about food is she? she's a snob this is a i don't want to change the subject but she's a snob when it comes to things like hamburger helper shake and bake yeah things that are like hey dumbass do you not know how to make chicken like for some reason i think it's the lithuanian thing it's like Roast a chicken. It's mm-hmm. delicious. Mm-hmm. Throw a chicken in the oven and roast it in its own juices yeah. and serve it while it's still moist. And Shake and Bake is like, is that too hard to focus on while you're also watching wrestling? Put it in this bag with cornflakes. Well, I'm now sorry. I'm going to make you feel Woo. real terrible because the key difference was that my mom had a full-time job and yours didn't. My mom had so a full-time job to do hamburger being helpers. a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that is way more exhausting than a bank teller. And, and the pay is garbage. <laughs> Um, so underappreciated. No, Mama. When I talk about my snobbiness, I'm not proud of it. I'm just know, telling you I'm that that's what was happening. Beth Cheney was not watching wrestling. No, I know. She, she was, was hustling. She, she was, was coming working right at the in church. the door at five thirty. I'm picturing white Reeboks. I'm picturing tight acid wash jeans. I'm picturing no. like a blouse. She was pantsuits all the way. I'm telling you, she was a bank teller, and her hair always oh smelled God. like Aquanet. She was a queen. She was the queen of the house. Yes. And she would always do the commercial for Shake and Bake. Of course she would. That's why they do it. Don't you see? Me and my mom in our castle by our walk-in fireplace, both <laughs> holding scepters and just being better than people. We're, at least we're, we're kind of right when we're like, you know they market it, so you take it home and go, Shake, 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 and shake and bake and I helped. And we're just sitting there eating our roast chickens, looking down our noses and our monocles, just being like... Oh my God! It's the ham and eggers. Sounding, smelling like sour cream and sour kraut and all the sour things with your sour personalities. Well, that's absolutely right. Um, anyway, so she would make like shake and bake. The spicy one was so good with a glass of milk, and the- <laughs> oh my God! And and did you have a single serving of cheese that you had to peel a piece of plastic off of it? No, that was. Or more- was that only on Christmas? <laughs> That was only at my grandma's house. And along with the bologna that you had to peel the end off of. I I get it, Mama. I And Wonder Bread. Okay, but look, wait, I, I want to get I just want to say meal. there's nothing I love more than you and there's nothing more and I love your mom and I love your childhood. And mine was mine was weird in a funky Lithuanian way, absolutely. And I would eat hot dogs all the time with white buns. Yeah, and, and your mom would make yeah. two tuna melts. And baked beans with those. So yeah. I don't want to sound too schnobbish. Okay, but this is really something that can like take me back. So just in case people were having 90s dinners like this, like a 90s dinner to me yeah. is spicy shake and bake chicken, the drumstick for me. Of course. Uh, Which was probably Purdue, for, right? What's that? Is it on a horse? Is per- <laughs> Purdue is a brand of chicken. It was the yellow styrofoam uh, with the... No, it would have been... that's an East Coast thing? I Purdue chicken? So, yeah. Okay. This would be like Tyler's or... Tyson. Tyson, that's what I it. could have guessed Tyson. Tyson, yeah. Um, or Weaver. All right. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> okay. to I'm, I'm drive to New Hampshire <laughs> to people who get these references. Um... And then a, like, broccoli that was probably... I'm trying to remember now. It was it was frozen broccoli. Microwaved. With, microwaved with a huge th- thing of butter. butter and salt. So delicious. I still make that for Leela. It's so good. Yeah. And then baked beans that she would take the cans of baked beans. I'm this just asking good. for it. You are asking for it. She adds barbecue sauce. To the baked beans. To the baked beans. To the already baked... Ketchup. Mustard and brown sugar. This is like that. Uh, there was the Food Network where there was the woman that was like the not fancy cook. Yeah, it was like just get a baked potato, oh cut God. it open, pour in some Hidden Valley like Ranch. Paula Dean. It wasn't. Paula no, Dean. there's the. It's like the Pioneer Woman. Or yes, the, she's always yes. like, and you can cook it right in the Frito bag. I know. I used to watch that and laugh that, so hard. What that was hard for me. She was like, Kool Aid can be a great marinade, and I'm just like, this can't be. Like well, the Food Network. I don't think that show's on anymore because the Food Network. How many people are actually cooking it? 
Mm-hmm. Most of us are just watching going like, look, they're having wine and cheese yes. and everything's there. It's just fun to watch. And this woman's like, no, I, look, I know you probably forgot breakfast and lunch, but we're having dinner. So get yourself out from under that avalanche of old newspapers you won't throw away. Scoot yourself in your bathrobe, your pink bathrobe, all the way to the kitchen on your elbows. Find some Cheetos. Find some lunch meat. And brother, if you have great on, we're in the fast lane. We got a casserole. You got yourself a... This, what is this, Easter? <laughs> um, yeah, but I this just is, these this, are fun riffs. This was this. That's just what the '90s feels like to me. It's like getting home from school, watching a shitload of TV, eating a full bowl of cookies and cream ice cream, and some Cool Ranch Doritos. Oh, Val! And just like like lounging and watching. Then maybe I think doing my homework. My mom gets home. I'm like, she walks in the door, and I'm like, "When's dinner?" Yes, and then I go out. Ride my bikes with my friends while the sun is setting. Basically Stranger Things without any supernatural phenomena. Exactly. Like the good part of Stranger Things before it got scary. Before one kid's missing and they're just like, I think a demon. I love that show, but it's a lot. And then coming back, put like leaving my bike on the driveway, walking into the house. For your dad to step on. Yep. Dinner is, is right there waiting for me. A full glass of milk. Drinking milk because you're thirsty because you wrote. You this, just wrote I, had, I had a whole bit about this. Yeah. That my roommate used to drink. This is my first roommate after my divorce, and he would drink. His name is Chris. Milk to hydrate, and I was like, "You're a grown man. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. It's for with cookies or dessert or something. It's like for cereal. You don't. He'd come home from playing basketball and <laughs> guzzle it. Guzzling, gurgling, and popping. It's a viscous fluid. Yeah. It's not Gatorade. You want something that you'd be comfortable sweating it out exactly as it's going down. Yes. You're you're sweaty, you're hot. But all we knew at that point was like that my grandma had osteoporosis and that milk had calcium. So my mom made us finish our milk. It's all, isn't it funny how it's all marked? You know what else has a fuck ton of calcium? Kale. Yeah. We didn't know that word. Of course, neither did I, Nobody dude. Did. I remember the first person that told me to it. It was this weird nutritionist in Park Slope, Brooklyn. So it was when I was married the first time and living in New York. And I, I remember she went, "You should for breakfast. You should make a big pot of chicken soup." She was trying to get me off like cereal and carbs and stuff, mm. and but put a bunch of kale in it. That's the first time I heard kale. Wow! And then in that same little consultation where I felt very condescended to and like. It's it's like I felt shamed. Yeah, kind of like, like how I feel now. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this is a learning moment for me because I'm like, wait, I make people feel how this woman made me feel. But she went, I wonder if you're even absorbing. She was talking about my colon, and I was like, there's no talk about my colon. Like I, I was, it really felt like help. Don't just tell me I'm not absorbing. Yeah, help. I know. I know. I got to finish Glenn. What do you, what, you got no, more nineties dinner? No. What are you just, having for nineties dessert? Uh, we didn't have dessert because I had a full bowl of ice cream before, as soon as I got Free. done with school. Yeah. That is so cute. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not it sure. Is cute. I would use we that weren't word. a dessert family either. And mm-hmm. we looked down. That was where my snobbishness. I really, re- my friend Chaz Crosby, I had some great named friends. You really, you really did. Chaz and I were close in like third grade, mm-hmm. maybe fourth grade. 
And I remember the big difference between my house and, and Chaz's house was Chaz, when he, when he would ask for Oreos, would be given four Oreos. <laughs> and this was like, this is where I really started to learn my 60-40 feminine masculine balance. Because mm-hmm. I had learned it from my mom. I love depth. I love gossip. I love dish. I love talking. I love connecting. I don't want to watch a baseball game. I want to talk about how weird it is that... There's no clock in baseball. Isn't that funny? Or whatever. I just want to talk. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I was in school and I had just... Um, what a what a betrayal of Chaz. But I was like, Chaz has four cookies. <laughs> and Chaz was thin as a, a rail. Rent. Yeah. And he was like fast and just swift. <laughs> and and I, was, I was a little snowman. Mm-hmm. And I was like... So I'm talking to this young woman, also in my grade, also in third grade. And I was like, he's four. And I'll remember this at least to the end of the day. She goes, I go, that's not what you have. And she goes, yeah, you have two. Like she said what I was going to say before I said it, Mm. which you already did in this podcast. When I was saying something, I can't remember what it was. Uh, Oh, Miss Johnston. Mm. I said, she put on my paper and you went, love (laughs) <laughs> like you were pre-appreciating what I said. Mm-hmm. And that's what this girl did. She went, two. And I went, right? <laughs> it was like this great... And if I could do an impression of what's wonderful about the way the feminine communication and the way that some women communicate, but everybody with feminine energy loves to connect yeah. and like get the dish and get the dirt and get to the heart of the matter. Yeah. It's this, right? Oh my God. It's like that's yes. the sound of it. Is yes. it? Yes. Is yes. that crazy? Do you see this? This is crazy. Yeah. And the and the way that so many masculine leaning energy people talk just makes my wee wee shrivel up yeah. into a tiny like the bad cashew you don't eat. <laughs> and cuz it's just like uh, games on. Games on. Yeah. Since I know they got a lot more commercial breaks probably cuz they call timeouts so often and I'm like Talk about how many cookies Chaz eats. (laughs) That's all I want. I got to get back to Glenn. Get back to Glenn. So I do my talk other than Parliament. I I don't nail it. I didn't win the competition. I didn't get the fake 100 Gs, which, by the way, I was young enough to kind of be like, is there a hundred grand? You know what I mean? Yeah, Like your teacher's like, there's a hundred grand. She's just trying to hook us. And I'm like, do we get it? Does Venice get it? Real? Is that real? Is this like a program where we earn this for for actual countries? Because everything is so crazy. Yeah, you go to the dentist and they're going to give you a shot in your gums. That's real. Yeah. So I believe you when you say there's a hundred thousand dollars for Venice. That's really boring and it sounds real. Wasn't real. Glenn, who was three rugby tight tight rugby shirt, Christmas with a brown, three circles. Uh, thick glasses, ruddy, always red cheeks, always looked like he just finished playing squash, uh, freckles, um, and he was a confident guy. He was always very like, I remember one time he was like, we were talking about the Bible, and he was like, it's full of contradictions, Peter. And like, so he was like, wow. kind of like early atheist, like yeah. kind of smart and thought we were, thought I was dumb for being religious or whatever. He seemed more grown up than the rest of us. His dad was Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> You really think a snake told two naked people to eat an apple? No, Ricky. Like 4% of religious people, the fundamentalist weirdos, believe that. Yeah. Everyone else knows that. Okay, forget it. Don't get me started. 
on uh, straw men, burning down straw men. Yeah. To There's so many other valid ways to attack religion. Um, that's the most boring one. Literalism. It's like fighting fundamentalism with fundamentalism. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry, that was a tangent. Glenn is going to nail it, and he doesn't. And I'm realizing maybe I've told this story before, but certainly not this funny. I'm having a ball. He went up. He had a slide projector. I don't even remember what his country was. Dude freezes hard. Freeze like deer in a headlights, but not headlights, slide projector. <laughs> and he was wearing a suit. I know it's kind of a sad story, but he froze because your face, he froze and he <laughs> just went, know it's a sad story. well, I'm telling the people why I pick <laughs> what cue I picked up on. And he just went, we need the money. <laughs> oh, and then he talked a little bit more and he just <laughs> went, we need the money. Wait a minute. Wait, what? I'm changing minute. it a little bit. He might have said, we need the money. Money, 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 but it sounded like Monet. We need the Monet. We need the Monet. And for if I called Ern and went, what is the Glenn Whitehouse song? He would go, we need the Monet. We need the Monet. We need the Monet. Go Glenn. Go Glenn. And then we'd go, butt naked on the table. And I'd always picture Glenn doing the running man on a table. And uh, why butt naked on the table? I think in in my nineties, because this is the nineties too. In my nineties, butt naked on the table was a thing. Like mm. butt naked on the table. We need to moan each. <laughs> we need to moan each. <laughs> okay, fun. I wanted to say this as a topic mm-hmm. because one of the things I'm interested in, like we just saw Licorice Pizza. Oh, Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie. So good. And it was. Fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I, I, You know, my favorite movies of all time. It's like tied for first. There Will Be Blood and The Master. Phantom Thread is in the mix. Definitely in my top three. I was going to say, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. I would watch that with you tonight. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just such a mood. It's sort of sexy. Like, there's no oh, sex yeah. in it, but it's like a sexy that's movie. That's why it's my fa- It's my... F- well, I think Licorice Pizza might be my favorite P.T. Anderson that's movie. That's what you said. But... I think Phantom Thread is a close second because it's all sexual tension. Well, it's like the and beautiful dress. It's like they made you know that feeling, that ASMR feeling. I think we all get, except those that are dead inside and have no connection to their bodies. But when someone's measuring you with tape, mm-hmm. that that is that is like, mm-hmm. <gasps> like there's like a, it's it's not like yes. sexual. It's not like I'm getting an aroused. It's sensual. but there's it's sensual. It's like it's someone is paying. It, they might as well be running their finger down your back or yeah. something. Like, They're lightly. like, let me, let me pay very close attention to the details of your body. Yes. So like that they're then sculpting I can, you. Yeah. Yeah. So that I can then adorn it in something that's made just for you. And PTA noticed that that is a human phenomenon and made a whole movie about it, basically. Yeah. Like what it feels like to be in a quiet room. Someone's holding pins in their mouth so oh. they can't talk. Yeah. It's very it's it's not kinky like kinky but it's like it's um kinky in the sense that it's like embodied it's it's yeah. uh somatic. It's somatic. Um but anyway, I was watching that movie and oh what was my point? Oh. So, you know, in an age and in a in, in a world of creativity, in a world of Los Angeles creativity. What I'm saying is a lot of times in L.A. people are chasing things. Meaning, mm. okay, um, let's say Stranger Things is a hit. 
So Hollywood cliche is the other networks now go, we need our Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And Netflix even will be like, we need another show like Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And and you see it. Great British Bake Off is a hit. And then they make the, the Carpentry one. And they make the other com- like friendly competitions. But they're always chasing. They have the numbers. They have the ratings. They have the math. They have the schematics. All these things. Um, but very, very few people are trying to figure out what people want and don't know they want. Mm. And that's the true masters. Tarantino, mm. PTA, these are the people that are going, fuck what people think they want. Mm-hmm. It's like an exciting lover. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like, let's uh, let's guess, or let's give them something new, something mm-hmm. special, something connected, or, or even something old but done so well. Sorry to bring sex into this. I'm just saying there's something familiar to it. <laughs> It feels correct. So anyway, PTA tells a simple story, but he does it in a way that you're just like, holy fuck, I never would have said I want a movie in the 70s in the Valley mm-hmm. about uh, two kids with a big age difference and they're sort of like have a, a relationship over many years. Mm-hmm. That is the best. Now, in uh, let's see if I can make this connection. In the same way that great filmmakers make movies that people don't know they want. I'm very interested in the things in life that make our life better that we don't know we want. Mm. And this is one of my big talking points. But like we think we want comfort. Mm -hmm. We think and we do to a certain extent. It's a bell curve. Yeah. You don't want too little comfort, but you also don't want too much comfort. Mm -hmm. And you want security and stability, but it's the same. You want some, but not too much. And what you really, what I'm realizing in doing uh, Smallwood, which will be out in December on CBS. I hope people like it is or enjoy it as much as I'm enjoying it is a better way to put that is um, you want uh, disruptions and challenges and new things. And then what happens is, and this is why I wrote down the word momentum is I'm in this like new state that I never would have thought is what I wanted. Mm. Cause if you go like P you have six months, you can do whatever you want. P would say, I want to be with my family which I do, mm-hmm. obviously. I want to eat. I want to watch movies. I want to maybe go on walks, maybe tinker around. And that's true. Sometimes that is exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. But then this disruption, this new job comes in mm-hmm. and you and you get really, really busy. And then the momentum thing is, I was coming home today and I was like, I need gas. And I went and got gas. Yeah. Or I wake up before I need to wake up and I exercise while it's still dark. Why? Mm-hmm. Because something has been given to me that I never would have thought is exactly what I wanted, which was a challenge, which was a project, which was a community of people all working together. Never in a million years would this guy be like, what I want is being surrounded by people all day and rehearsing. Yeah. But it turns out I didn't know what I wanted. Yeah. And this the, to wrap it all up is to say like, I really think in this culture, and I've I've fallen prey to this, we think we want to be drunk all the time. We want to be stoned all the time. We want to eat exactly our favorite food for every meal. And then we want to like sleep a lot and we want to watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't shout it from the rooftops enough. It's like, it's more than that. Yeah. You want things you don't know you want. Yeah. So when change happens and you lose control, you should be grateful. You should be excited. Because something might be coming that you never... This sounds very trite and a platitude now, but Mm. like, I I just wanted to share that. I love that. Yeah, I do think momentum is a real thing. We've talked about this, but momentum is huge for me. And I think it might be for nines on the Enneagram uh, in general. But it's like, 
after, you know, there was a period after I, uh, I quit my job before we had Leela, there was like a two year period where I was just like home and could do anything I wanted Yeah, and just had all these great ideas of like, now's the time that I'm going to, you know, like write a book or learn how to play an instrument or just do any of these things that I'm interested in. And I did hardly any of them. Yeah. And as soon as we had Leela, pretty soon after, once I started like getting more rested, just having like, you get up, you have to feed this person. You have to take care of them. You have this to, you're is, always you're on. You're hearing me so perfectly. Yeah. It really kept me in this motion. It like moved stagnant water. Well, yeah. And then I, I am in the three years that Leela has been earthside, I've been more productive than any that's it any time in well i guess there have been times in like school and stuff but more productive on my own i've had more of my own engine than i ever have in my life and that's it like you're touching on a lot of things i wanted to hit which i love it so you're hearing me perfectly it's like one is there's a certain level of like you want to belong to something else and have that something else sort of dictate what you need to do yeah there's a great comfort in that even in um this is sort of a dark example and I'm sure it's not always true or maybe it was never true but in the movies like Shawshank it's like the guy leaves prison and he misses it like I think Mm -hmm. that's a real phenomenon Mm -hmm. or the army or this like regimented like some people it but I think it turns out that all of us like why don't I when I have two months off just get up and work on my movie ideas or or these and, and sometimes I do I go through good periods but if I go through a good period it's usually because I'm coming off of a good structure and I'm just maintaining that momentum. Yeah. But it's hard to do these things without bosses, mm-hmm. even if the boss is just a project or an idea, or in my case, a network that I don't really interact with directly, but I know they're there as a concept and it sort of keeps me, well, I got to do good for the network. I want to please, I want to do a good job and then the public and all that sort of stuff. And then my dad always used to say this when I was doing my talk show, my dad was like, Hey, can you do this like radio commercial for me? And I was like, no, (laughs) I'm like super busy right now. I was nicer than that. But he said, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Mm. And I never understood that really. But now I totally understand that. Mm. Someone asked me to write a book forward. And I was like, when the fuck am I going to write a book forward? I'm doing a TV show. I work every day. And I was like. I have 30 minutes. I'm going to do that book forward. Yeah. And you'd think this would be robbing from my spiritual experience or my, uh, you know, my ability to perceive my own presence or the indwelling spirit or whatever. It's not. Yeah. I just feel completely. And this, again, just to, just to circle it one more time. I'm like, I can't, as an addict, as somebody who's, who really struggles with feeling anything other than a hundred percent perfect all the time. I know the temptation to just be like, let's eat pizza, mm-hmm. let's jerk off, let's smoke weed, let's drink a bottle of sake, mm-hmm. let's go to bed, let's sleep in or whatever it might be. Or, you know, just get through my whatever. And I'm like, I, I'm just, it's just a fascinating subject. The things we don't know we need. And it turns out sometimes it's something you would have never guessed, of course. Yeah. And I remember, um, there was a book about, it's like the power of habit or something. Um, and there was just like this. The making one, of Sister Act 2? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I would love that book. Yeah. Oh, it's one of my fave moves. Um, I just remember this really great practical tip, which was if you kind of feel stuck in a rut or you're trying to create some new habits, don't try and create all those new habits all at once. Just start by changing how you start your day. Mm. So like if I'm like, I want to, cause this is what happens a lot, even in, I was laying in bed last night and couldn't sleep. And I was like, okay, I want to try to get 10,000 steps a day. And I also need to like really make sure that I'm doing my full meditation practice every day. Cause I always say like, I'm, I practice every day. This is something Tara Brock does. And maybe I shared this. It's like the, the commitment is to practice every day. You shoot for 20 minutes a day, but the back door is practice every day and that it doesn't really matter how long. So mm. like, even if you realize you forgot, just take like the a same thing with my moment. gratitude list. Sometimes it's like three things. Yeah. Cause you only have five seconds. Yeah. And I do think that's a great way, but then I was just like, okay, well while I'm bettering myself and getting 10,000 steps a day in this fantasy scenario, I'm also practicing strictly 20 minutes a day and I'm also eating perfectly and I'm, you know, and you just want all of these things. Right. And I went, okay, I have to just pick one one of those and and it helps to do it as early in your day as possible because and I've experienced this when I can change the first couple things that I do if I can do something differently like in that slot my whole day changes yeah. it truly is like sliding doors like it changes the trajectory you went through a different door of your whole day well this is so up my alley I love it because First of all, I, I have this new show that I'm doing, so it's giving me a lot of meaning, and it's really fun. And I, I do want to say I'm aware how, I, well, I'm, I'm as aware as I'm able to be of how special that is, how grateful I am, and how privileged that is. So there's this thing that's motivating me to like get it and live a good life and and treat myself well and all these things. But because of that, so that was a good why. And Leela and you see, I have the posted above the treadmill that says Leela. Val, heart, like heart health. For, I don't mm. want my heart to explode. Mm. Head, meaning let the body solve what mind can't. Mm -hmm. um, look, well, that unfortunately, that's just how I look. And then life. The last one is life mm. with an exclamation point. Beautiful. Like be flowing, be life, mm. do it, mm -hmm. get, get in there. Yeah. And so in the morning, I will get up because I'm really trained now because of Leela. And I, again, I'll keep this brief because I know this isn't an exercise and fitness podcast, but like we all know I got the treadmill and I really love it. And now what I figured out is that if I can run a, a mile in about eight and a half minutes, I'm like, that's great. Mm. Here's why. I don't mean it's great that I can run a mile in eight and a half minutes. I mean, that's two songs. <laughs> that's two Foo Fighter songs. Mm -hmm. You can't run for two Foo Fighter songs. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can. And two... If you can run a mile in eight and a half minutes, you can be done exercising in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like this is like, here's, here's the thing. You could write a book called the 10 minute workout and you could explain mm -hmm. this principle, but really it's not going to make sense until you have like your why, which is why I have my why's on my post-it and you have like support and the ability to do it. But I was like, why aren't more people talking about these micro workouts? This is why I'm sharing it. Mm -hmm. It's just 10 minutes, but it's every day. And it's two four-minute songs, two mm -hmm. four, and I'm done. Mm -hmm. And then the whole day, and then I take a cold shower. And both of those things make me feel for 
I'm still feeling it. And that was early, early this morning. You start on this foot of like, I do shit and I do shit that is hard to do, including the cold shower and the running. And you're just like, and the rest of the day, that's also part of why I got gas. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm like, I need gas. What a bummer. I'm coming through LA traffic and I'm like, this sucks. And I'm like, just go get it Mm -hmm. because you're a guy that does things. Yeah. What a weird, I feel like we've been talking about like, how easily impressionable we all are this whole time. Yeah. And I think that's one of one of the things. I also think like everything there is balance to be explored to where there really just there are seasons of and if we're gonna get Ayurvedic about it, you and I are Kapha, which we really thrive in the fall. It's like a good balancing energy for us. So it's not. It's no surprise that we're both in this stage right now where we're like, and expand, and expand, and grow. And, and Leela just went to school, and we're finally having some time yeah. uh, to ourselves after yeah. a lot of baby time. Yep. And I just really want to give voice to like the people who might be listening to this who feel like they're really in a time of contraction where it's just like, so now on top of everything, I'm going to feel really guilty that I'm not running or I'm not you sure. know, producing or get, I don't have a good momentum right now. And I just think it's all, I do think there are things where, you know, like that we know help, like it is good to just like try and exercise as often as you can. That alone just helps so much. Or plant it in your head and, and maybe it's something that happens in six months. Like, yeah. Because I go through times where it's like, fuck off. Yeah, and I think that's what you do really well and you've kind of taught me to do is just green light yourself. So like if you really are like, that feels so not where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. No good will come from shame around that. Absolutely Just not. to observe it with curiosity. Oh, interesting. I'm in a really constricted kind of place here. Is there one little thing that I can add that I think will help my body feel better? And do it from the, the, um, the motivation of wanting to nurture yourself during that's this right. constricted time. That, this is no tame your inner bitch. And that's what's so exciting about it mm-hmm. is it's not tame inner bitch. It's like it's a momentum thing. And really, this is just another moment of gratitude for me. I, I, I'm so excited that Leela is in school and, yeah. and we are Kafa. Kafa. And it's cold and we're like feeling it. And yeah. But to our point, and I, I'm not trying to change anybody that's listening. I like listening to things like this. And even if it is in six months, who knows what I heard six months ago that might have yeah. led. So, you know, who cares? Now, now it feels like I'm just telling people what to do. Well, uh, I have... Do you have anything, Mama? No. I thought we could... Um, it feels pretty good. We could wrap up. Yeah, I want to hear... I want you to tell everyone what you have right now. Well, when I, when I was in um, Boston, I found... <laughs> I'm very excited for this. I found my old stand-up notebook, which I didn't even know. I didn't even remember that I did this. I got a three-ring binder, D-ring, of course, because I'm not a lunatic. What's D-ring? You know, it has the, it's not circles. They're D-shaped. Oh, I've never even... It keeps the paper more organized. Oh, I've never had a binder like that. I guess I am an idiot. <laughs> I bought green paper so it would be pleasant to look at Mm 
uh, and this and I typed up all of my bits. Uh, and this is in the first. This is probably when I was doing stand up for like five, five years. So I'll just randomly pick to one or two. Oh, here's a little general I had at NBC Chicago on March 2nd, 2004. So that gives us a... Oh, look, I wrote Landmarks, 2003, December 2 through 8, first solid week featuring 30 minutes. Aww. I think that was with Bill Burr. Oh, that's really cute. 2004, February 10th, Nevin's... Drunk on... Crowd drunk on Foster won them over. Onion show got business card. I, I remember that. Yeah, that was on February tenth, two thousand four. Um, it was an so the Onion was having a party for their office, and mm-hmm. of course I'm thinking it's going to be like all the funny people, but it was probably just the people involved in uh, whatever printing. It, and I think it was at a bar called Nevin's. Oh, and it was sponsored by Foster Beer. And everyone was really drunk and talking the whole show. Oh, that's and funny. I went up and I that's won them over. And someone at the Onion gave me, I still remember, he gave me a business card and went, call me. Aww. Nothing came of it. That's, I love that they're called landmarks. I wrote down landmarks. And then I don't know what this meeting was uh, on 2004. It, NBC. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I wish I had written that down. But NBC Chicago. Very I don't, cute. I don't know what that means. Okay, so here are some new bits. Cell phone drama, Ken Dunbar. Well, I remember this bit. I got a I got a wrong number, and the guy said, "Hi, is Ken Dunbar there?" This is a true story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, "No, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number." And he went, "No, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm getting it wrong." He goes, "Hi, is this Ken Dunbar?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "No, you have the wrong number." And he goes, "Oh, but is Ken Dunbar there?" <laughs> this is a true story. And then the bit goes, "It's a wrong number." It's not oh, the order. This. It's not the order in which we're all standing in line. That's funny. Like you dialed four instead of nine. Oh, okay. And, and hold on, Kenny. And then I'd throw the phone. Wasn't there like close enough? Close enough, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, fun. Cell phones make our lives so dramatic. You ever overhear someone um, with a bad signal? It's like life and death. Oh, that's because I was in the. Airport. I was in the Chicago airport. This was, I, I'm changing it to cell phones, but he was on a pay phone. Mm. I'll never forget this man. He was, this is what I heard at the O'Hare airport. Guy sitting by a pay phone. He was sitting, I remember. He's going, Cunningham! <laughs> Cunningham! And then he went, I don't know why you can't hear me! <laughs> That was a bit my ex-wife and I used to have. I love that. We'd always yell Cunningham. Um, this one's called Math. You never write this small anymore. I know. Thing I liked about college, no math. <laughs> it's funny you can test out of math. Like, oh, you're good at math? Okay, you don't have to take math. <laughs> because math's all about suffering. I love that they call them math problems. Problems. Your life's going okay? Oh, here's some problems. <laughs> it's kind of, it's okay. It's good. I like you, it. You don't have any problems? Come to the math department. We'll load you up. Give you all sorts of problems. Problems we've already solved. Hid the answers and thought you'd enjoy. That's very, very Seinfeld. Very cute. We'll give you all sorts of problems. Problems we already solved. Hid the answers and thought you'd enjoy. Yes. It's very. Yes. Who does that? You've got polio? We, well, we've got the cure. 
here's the equation, figure it out and show your work. And then it says here, I didn't get C's, I was a straight C-me student. Oh my God. <laughs> I know I did awful, do we have to talk about it? <laughs> That's cute. Very cute. Oh, and this one. We'll just do this one and we'll get out Wait, of it. Wait, is this the one I think this it is? is yes, do it. I, I, I remember one. doing this at the Lion's Den in Chicago in around, two, it says May 2004. How did it do? It would work. The first part would really work. Um, I recently found out that Sir Isaac Newton, the inventor of the principles of gravity, also invented the swinging kitty cat door. If I was doing this bit now, which I might, I would just change that to doggy door. It's the same thing. Swinging kitty cat door. Doggy mm -hmm. door. Mm -hmm. That's like finding out Einstein invented the whoopee cushion. Then I did the act out. Sure, I'll explain the theory of relativity. Have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> Womp, well, I got you. Haha, ha. now back to groundbreaking science. <laughs> I love it. Give us one more. I'll do one more. I'll do one more. These this one's called New Look. These companies think we're so stupid. Whenever a label on a product changes, they always have to put it on there. New look, same great product. <laughs> like we're all going to be confused because they changed the font. But there it is on a can of Coke. New look, same great taste. They think we're such morons. Like, we have friends over like, hi, Bill. Bill takes off his hat. Who the hell are you? <laughs> oh, you're still Bill. JG's <laughs> taking off that hat. You're like a chameleon. You need a button that says, new look, same great friend. Oh, it's my not, God. It's not terrible. I love that. Shredded money bag. I was in a gag gift store, and they were selling those bags of shredded money. It's like $1,000 put through a paper shredder and sold for like $2. I think the first time everybody sees that, they have the same thought. I could get some tape. <laughs> it's just like a puzzle. As if no one had ever thought of that before. Like you could walk into the store and give the cashier a big shiny $100 bill. Can you break this? Uh, it's all firm. Pay no mind to my strange reflective currency. This is how it came out of the ATM. Oh, and then it says, new look, same great money. Wow, it's a, a callback. Back. Yeah. That is really cute. This is fun. Well, maybe we'll read more of these these gems. They're not bad. Yeah, they're I, great. Yeah. I, I love that. On the pod, we'll make it a recurring little, little shin. What do you got? You got a poem? Yeah. Oh, all right. I haven't read the one that starts like this have i we'll just read it again if you have no okay. i haven't read i haven't heard that one let me get we always play eric's a t um jim no pd number one i like saying that because a lot of people oh somebody message um, and say what was that yeah and somebody messaged me this time i it the i had didn't watch it in time it was a story that chris evans is that um captain america i don't know Chris Evans. Sounds right. Um, he, I think he was playing it on the piano. Oh. Playing this. Um, this song, this poem is... Isn't Eric a T. German? I don't think Captain America... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Really? It's yeah. a real stretch. I guess this this is kind of sad, but like, it's also beautiful. That's, that's, you'll see why I'm laughing as soon as I read the very first line. Okay, here you go. It's called Adrift by Mark Nepo. <clears throat> Everything is beautiful, and I am so sad. 
This is how the heart makes a duet of wonder and grief. The light spraying through the lace of the fern is as delicate as the fibers of memory forming their web around the knot in my throat. The breeze makes the birds move from branch to branch as this ache makes me look for those I've lost in the next room, in the next song, in the laugh of the next stranger, in the very center under it all, what we have that no one can take away and all that we've lost face each other. It is there that I am adrift, feeling punctured by a holiness that exists inside everything. I am so sad and everything is beautiful. I love that. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. Sorry to be a downer. No, it wasn't a downer. I love that. Punctured by holiness. Well, that is the poem that basically we talked about it, I think, on the last pod or one of these pods. But the, oh, the one with Mirabai, the idea of like sadness, for example, is not something to get through and then you get your treasure at the end of it. The treasure is within the sadness and the two existing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it it's like life concentrate, you know, it's mm. like rich, um, beautiful life. Love it. Love it. Need it. Need it. Thank you, Val. Yeah. That was fun. And we just did an episode. We're recording this on Monday because of my new schedule. And we just did the last episode on Saturday. Saturday. So (laughs) So. I love that I can always talk to you. I don't take it for granted. Yeah, me either. Uh, Shall we? Yeah. Hey, keep it crispy.